to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I'm bringing you new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives who share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Michael Zambone on the line. He's the principal consultant over at Capco. Michael, welcome to the show. Adam, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Capco as principal consultant, but I'm also excited to get into what you're doing as an entrepreneur. I know you have some real estate dealings and some other things going on, so I'd love to get your take on that. Um, but before we do, let's get a little bit more um, into uh, your, your background kind of as an entrepreneur. So how'd you get started as an entrepreneur? Yeah, thanks, Adam. Uh, no, great, great question. Um, so I started off in, in college, uh, and I I have an international background. I lived in South America and, and Paraguay for about six years, um, and I decided to go to college to pursue a, a, the line of work in foreign services and work at an embassy in Latin America or Central America. Uh, but I think halfway through university, my my brother-in-law, who was a, a big influence on me at the time was, you know, really questioning, you know, my my goals as far as getting to the foreign service and I was like, you know, what kind of what kind of financial goals are you are you shooting for with that type of career? And um it seemed a little ambiguous, um, you know, the degree already. So um after, you know, doing my own due diligence and, and trying to figure out what I wanted to pursue, um I ended up switching and moving over into finance and, and did a lot of extensive research around that and what I wanted to uh, pursue from a career standpoint. Um, but then during that time as well, when I did make that switch, um, a lot of things started to, to happen during that time. And I opened up a, a number of different small businesses while in college. Um, some of them were, were very small, uh, just to give an example. So I did Mother's Day where we would um, sell flowers, roses, things like that um, during the summer. Uh, really hot time, um, you know, when people would go out and, and buy flowers for, for their loved ones. And sometimes over the weekend, uh, we'd net uh, pretty much $5,000 and gross about like seven. So it was pretty profitable, as you can imagine, wow. for someone who was going through college and whatnot. Um, and then I did a number of other things, um, you know, opened up a, a sunglass booth on, on a couple of different exits on uh, in New Jersey on the Garden State Parkway. And then eventually I found, um, I had one of my friends who uh, was really big into real estate at the time. So, you know, read all the Robert Kiyosaki books and everything. And uh, eventually I got into to doing some uh, rental real estate. Um, and I have a couple of properties at the moment and, uh, you know, just getting passive income from that, uh, which has been pretty exciting and just started doing Airbnb with some of those properties as well. So it's kind of interesting how, how things kind of, um, you know, start to naturally transition uh, depending on what you're what you're doing. But um, but it's been it's been very exciting, very successful. And like everyone in finance and consulting, everyone kind of has like a little side hustle that they that they focus on. Man, I love I love your story, and a uh, huge part of the reason I love it is because I feel like there's a lot, well, for one, I have a lot lot of executives, a lot of people in finance listening to this, 
And um, I, I love hearing the story and hearing what people are doing and how they're doing it because uh, it, it's fun to hear, but it's also fun for people to get ideas and to say, you know, I can do that too. Because there's a lot of people. I remember, so one of the first properties I bought, well, as a, I should say as an adult when I was out past college, um, was I remember I was sitting next to a friend of mine, and literally I was, was my first finance company I worked for was the Vanguard Group. Um, and I, I remember sitting next to him, and I, it could have been through Robert Kiyosaki or something else, but we were just looking at the numbers and we're like, man, it'd be a great idea to get a fourplex and live in one and rent out the rest just based on what the market was doing at that exact time. It was like, man, you live for free and you make money. And I'm like, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. And I literally, like within the next year, did that. And it's just funny because the, the doing the something on the side and doing all these things, it's just so pivotal to, in my opinion, entrepreneurship in America. Um, if somebody's, so somebody, I'm sure somebody's out there listening that's an executive that has an idea and they're thinking about doing something on the side, um, what kind of advice would you give them on kind of their first steps on pursuing that goal? I think that's uh, a great, great question. And I think it's challenging for anyone who, you know, is kind of, kind of has that corporate, uh, you know, job, that nine to five job, or, you know, if you're, if you're in finance, you're probably working a lot more hours than that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's definitely intimidating to think about you know what what you can do on the side with with what limited time you have, and you know I always discuss with discusses with people who, who want to get into real estate or something like that, and I always say just pick up these three books, and I always one of them is always going to be Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad, and just read through this, do your own research and due diligence. And then, yeah, just ask people a lot of questions and you'll, you'll start to develop a level of confidence of understanding how the industry work, how it works, how does the real estate market work, um, what are some things to look for, how to build your own financial model, you know, what are good returns, what are bad returns, how much time do you need to dedicate. And then you can start to formulate a, a plan around that. You can see, okay, with this amount of time, you know, I can potentially do this. Or if you don't have time, but you have someone else who's interested Partnering up is always a really good way because you you mitigate a lot of your risk um, before starting a new entrepreneurial venture, right? Um, and that's what I've noticed. I always did things with partners, and that made things a lot easier. We could always pressure test each other's ideas before going into something, um, you know, more uh, more kind of feed first, if you will. No, I, I love that idea, and I love that advice. Um, great stuff. Um, so, Michael, let, let's switch it up a bit. I want to get a little bit more into what you're doing as principal consultant over at uh, Capco. Uh, so, what kind of clients does uh, Capco work with, and uh, what kind what kind of things are you looking to help them solve? Yeah, so a lot of our clients are the big banks uh, here in New York City. Uh, we do we do work in the Midwest and uh, on the West Coast as well. But some of our biggest clients include Morgan Stanley. Uh, UBS, Goldman Sachs, um, that that those type of tier one clients, uh, but we primarily focus on wealth and asset management uh, consulting, and we we try to help our clients solve problems across really everything. Uh, my main domain is around what we call managed investments or multi asset class portfolio products. Um, so I run that that practice here within Capco, and we try to help clients solve any issue that they may have across the whole value chain of, of a managed account type product. Um, you know, one, developing a strategy of how to um, develop new products, um, enhance new products, how to kind of uh, create efficiencies in some of the underlying processes uh, about uh, bringing a product to market, 
how to how to increase adoption around that product. Um, so we do everything from strategy, target operating models, implementation, and adoption um, to answer your question. But but it's really around their their wealth management businesses and asset management businesses. Any kind of trends um, specifically in product development? So not the market um, overall, nothing like that. But like trends in product development or things that you're noticing that you care to um, talk about. Yeah, I think as far as it relates to product, um, investment products, I mean, there's, there's this whole, uh, the whole robo type of um, movement really that started after mm-hmm. the financial crisis. That's kind of been like a real big one and, and something that firms are not really sure whether they want to invest, um, you know, capital into those types of ventures. Some firms do a good job. Some don't do a good job. Um, I do notice that a lot of firms that have existing clients they'll tend to explore that robo-type solution for their more mass affluent market-type uh, clients uh, because they're trying to capture those clients while they're young, while they're fresh out of school, and then try to upsell them and offer them products that are uh, more customizable up the value chain. Um, and that's kind of how they can increase uh, that wallet share with those clients and make that client a more profitable client down the line because robo Robo-type solutions are, are not really the most profitable um, investment product, but it's a really good way to get clients in um, and get their investment dollars in, those sticky assets, if you will. So that's kind of like a big product area. The other place is around really alternative investments and ESG, uh, sustainable investing. Um, a lot of clients want to know what their portfolios are invested in. They want to see exactly, you know, who the portfolio manager is, what do they believe in, and they want more transparency around those portfolios uh, because they feel like they have a bigger impact on the overall economy um, and humanity, if you will. So that, those are some kind of key trends that we've been noticing recently, and they're developing a lot of products around that and how they can include that or offer that to really all clients, everyone from the mass market client, mass affluent client, all the way up to the ultra high net worth client as well. No, that's awesome, and um, and it makes a lot of sense. So, uh, like in terms of the robo advisor and all that, everything you said, just makes a lot of sense to me. It's just it's really just a, a natural evolution. So if you look at maybe like a Schwab in the '70s, okay, individual stocks, people held those stocks, didn't know what to do with them. Then what? Mutual funds. Then after mutual funds, what happened next? Managed accounts, or maybe it was SMAs first, then managed accounts, whichever way you want to slice it. Yep. Maybe they came up at the same time. Um, then after that, managed accounts. Now after managed account, robo advisors. So you, and you never, and you'll always have a client segment that's going to want all of the above, and some will want um, um, one versus another. But all it's doing is expanding the market for investment. So I think it's all exciting, and and how how firms um, choose to capitalize on it is obviously going to be dependent on their client base and what their focus is and a lot, a lot of other things. But in general, I'm a, I'm a big fan of just in general what's happening in the market with product development. It's just giving people more options. So I think it's a, a really great move and a good look on the financial um, industry as a whole. Um, but So, Michael, if somebody's listening to this and they want more information on either Capco or to connect with you, what's the best route for them to do it? So I would say for those who are looking to understand more about Capco and what we can offer um, as far as a management consulting firm and the wealth and asset management space, you can go to capco.com, www.capco.com. We have a lot of information there. We put a lot of uh, white papers and POVs on there. Uh, If you're looking to connect with me separately, you can always go to my LinkedIn, uh, Michael Michael Zambone, uh, if you look me up. 
and I'd be happy to, you know, have an offline conversation uh, with them about myself or the firm um, and discuss in, in greater detail. All right, fantastic. Well, hey, Michael, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show and sharing some of your background and also your entrepreneurial ventures. So, and what, of course, what's going on over at CAFCO, so great work over there. Um, and to the audience, as always, really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Michael, thanks again for coming on the show.